I absolutely love hurricane parties. Um, this week has been, uh, it, it has been so inconveniencing for so many reasons, right? Offices being closed, basically like the normal everyday thing of life just shutting down. But I'll be honest, I love whenever like after the storm has passed and everybody's just kind of sharing and talking and visiting, um, at least until like the snacks run dry or the, uh, the let's call it refreshments, go away, right? And now like all of a sudden we're looking for more. Um, that's whenever it starts to get kind of, in, kind of bothersome. But I love during the day being able to sit around under a carport usually, the wind's still blowing. It's usually the perfect kind of time to sit outside and just visit, right? Except there's one kind of desert you have to get, go, get through to get to that point. The air condition got to go out. Because electricity got to go off for us to pull ourselves out the living room and outside and visiting and talking. And once that happens, the AC goes off and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's fine during the day. But if we get to nighttime, <laughs> I'm going to find a hotel. <laughs> like, or I'm going to break my leg on purpose just so I can get put in a hospital because brother going to sleep with an air condition, right? Freezers might go away. Fridge might go away. But I'm going to sleep with an air condition. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm spoiled. <laughs> but there's something about hurricanes that just like, whenever, we, whenever we're sitting, you know, around, after the third or fourth or fifth hour of not having power, you just start talking about all kind of stuff. And one of the things that we're gonna, that's going to come up every single time you're in a hurricane, every single time you have these kind of conversations going on, the one guarantee is that you're gonna have the hurricane war stories being told. Well, I remember for Katrina, we were sitting around and I was watching, I was watching the, uh, the birds fly backwards. Yep, I, I remember doing that. Um, I remember for, for Juan, there was just a bunch of water. I remember for this one that this happened at somebody's house. I remember my uncle lost everything. I remember there were 12 feet of water over here. We all have those hurricane those hurricane, what I like to call war stories. But there's one that seems to have the legend above all legends. Hurricane Betsy. Everybody compares whatever it was, is it as bad as Betsy, right? Or blah, 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 like, oh, they had this much water, but was it as bad as Betsy? Well, I remember during this, during this last couple of days even, um, was visiting with my, with my family, making sure everybody was okay. We were sitting around, and what happens? We got hurricane war stories happen, and somebody mentions Betsy. And I get to hear the same story that I hear for every hurricane about Hurricane Betsy in the Barker household with my mama, right? What happened was is that they had people coming from down the Bayou in their shrimp boats. They were tying up their boats in, in up and down Bayou Lafouche, and what ends up happening? They see my grandpa sees that they're setting up. So he went out to check on them. Don't need anything. They, can't, they were asking him, is it okay if we dock here? No problem. Where y'all riding out the storm? He said, well, we're gonna do it on the boat. My grandpa was like, ah, you don't, you don't understand what's about to happen. Like, this is about to be something really, really bad. Like, what we're gonna do, we got extra space. We're gonna open up the house. Y'all come in, take the house. 
And Hurricane Betsy ends up being a legendary storm. It becomes a storm that we, that we end up judging every other storm off of. And quite honestly, some of these people were grateful because they may have lost their lives had they been living on their boat. I think for about a year, my grandmother didn't have to do any kind of buying seafood or anything. They would just drop it off, right? But there's a reason, like, whenever we see hurricanes in our area, all of a sudden we see this excitement or we see this kind of this selflessness that just kind of naturally comes out in our community. Somebody's having a hard time. Somebody's struggling. If I can help you out in any way, shape, or form, call me. I'll be there. If there's any kind of problem, if there's any kind of thing that happens to your house, call me. You can come stay with me as long as you need. We have a selflessness that just kind of pours out of us during hurricane season that I think is nothing short of beautiful. The whole, we see it, we see it uh, the last few years when there was bad flooding up in, the, in Denham Springs and up in our brothers and sisters around Baton Rouge. The ones that were losing like, like once, once in a century floods that happened two times in a matter of two months. People went out to find people. Went, people went out to help, him, help each other out. We got a Cajun Navy that was founded off of it, right? That people, we pour out ourselves with this kind of love of our neighbor. And that's what Jesus is talking about today in our gospel. When he's talking about it in the gospel, this is a lawyer that comes up to him and asks him a question about the law. Like, think about that. Somebody who's an expert in the law comes to ask Jesus about the law. He's basically trying to catch Jesus. Until he gets to the back end of his question and he says, who's my neighbor? See, that's the key question of today's gospel. Who is my neighbor? And the way the scripture says that he meant to justify himself. Like this guy is coming with his prejudices. He's got his kind of preconceived notions, his kind of judgment about other people. And he wants to figure out, who are you saying I need to actually love? Who is it that I need to love like myself? And in today's gospel, Jesus gives a kind of radical answer. And we might not catch what the, the radical nature of it because we don't quite understand the Samaritans and the Israelites. You see, Israelites and Samaritans didn't get along with each other. Israelites and Samaritans, you could go so far as to say tribally, they hated each other. They had nothing to do with one another. The Israelites saw themselves as the right people and the covenant, covenantal people, and we are the ones that belong where we do. And the Samaritans, you're just kind of the other ones. And there was a hatred that had developed between them, like a little war of worlds that kind of was going on back and forth. And Jesus is saying, not only am I going to say that you have to love, that, that love is going to be something that's going to go beyond yourself going to go beyond your family but love is going to be something he's telling the lawyer that you're going to have to love even those who you hate the most the Samaritans now that's something I have to say it's challenging it would have been very very challenging to hear that in the context that Jesus was speaking it would have been very challenging to be in that crowd of people and hear him talking to this lawyer because it's a check on yourself. Can I have that kind of heroic love? Can I have a love that goes beyond 
my own prejudices, my own struggles, my own preconceived notions, my own stuff, can I love beyond that in a heroic way? Because make no mistake, that's what God calls every one of us here to do every day. It's to love in a heroic way. You see, we have a bunch of examples in our church of men and women who have done this. We call them the saints. One of my favorites, we share a story about him, is uh, Maximilian Kolbe. If you've ever heard of Maximilian Kolbe and you know the story, great. Let's listen to it again with new ears. Maximilian Kolbe, young man, was a very, very faithful Catholic. Would grow up, he would become a Franciscan monk. He was from Poland, Franciscan monk, and his group of monks, his group of Franciscans, what they did was to evangelize the culture, they would share the gospel through the media. And at the time, this is around World War II, at the time, the media that would work the best to disseminate a lot of information, they published a newspaper. And in this newspaper in Poland, they published all these different things about what was going on in the world, about what, you know, different theological concepts, whatever it was, and they spread it out all throughout the area in Poland. Well, if you know your history books, right before World War II, in Poland, there was the Nazi occupation. And when the Nazis came in, Maximilian Kolbe, their group, was not shy about criticizing the Nazis. They were not shy about publishing the horrors and the problems that they were seeing happening in the world around them. Ultimately, it would lead to his arrest. And they didn't just throw him in jail, we know. They threw him into Auschwitz, concentration camp, the death factory of the Nazi regime. He'd spend some time in Auschwitz, and during his time, he would, he would sneak bread and celebrate mass for the people. He would hear confessions in secret in the bunks and in the, in the, in the bunks and, and where, where the men would sleep. Because if he was caught, he'd be executed. There was one day while he was there that one prisoner got out, ran off, got away. And the Nazis, as a way to punish the men who were left behind for the actions of the one who ran away decided they were going to pull 10 men at random out of the lineup and execute them. They pulled nine names. Maximilian Colby wasn't selected. When they pull the 10th name, a man just breaks down and starts crying. I have a family. I have a son, I have a daughter, I have a family. I can't, I can't, please have mercy on me. Crying out to the Nazi guards not to let him be called on to give his life. Now there's eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts from the Auschwitz concentration camp that have said that whenever this moment happened, Maximilian Kolbe stepped out of line, walked to the front where the captain was, and basically dared anyone to do anything to him on the way. Usually they would step out of line, they were executed on the spot. But no, he stepped up, walked past multiple Nazi guards, and looked at the captain and said, give him, let me have his spot. 
I'm a priest. Again, usually they would just execute both of them right there and pick another name. But no, they called him forward. They let the other man go back in line. And Maximilian Colby would give his life a martyr's death for the sake of that man. That man would also go on, would survive, and be reunited with his family. Colby shows us, St. Maximilian Colby shows us an example of what heroic love looks like. Love that's, that has no prejudice, has no, that has no sense of self-reliance, has no self, sense of self-preservation, but goes out and says, I love this person enough to even lay down my life for him. To have a mission, be on a mission so much that he would dare the guards to step in his way. Now this is the love that we're all called to follow. This is the love that we're all called to emulate in our own lives. To live a heroic love. A love that goes beyond any kind of limit. That has no limit. That has nothing standing in the way. That we give everything to those around us. Quite honestly, Maximilian Kobe is a great example, but today we come and we celebrate a God, Jesus Christ, who did that. His passion, death, and resurrection. Jesus becoming man, first of, first of all, and then dying on the cross for us shows us a love that has no limit, that has no kind of, no kind of holding back where everything is given to each and every one of us here today. That God himself shows us that, you know what, I love you so much that I don't even hold back my own son. There's no limit to the love that God has for us. And quite honestly, that's what God calls to us. He calls us out and says, I want you to have that kind of heroic love for those around you. That's exactly what the gospel today is talking about. I want you to have a heroic love that has no limit for the people around you. I want you to be willing to sacrifice for those around you. Today we come to this Mass. We come to celebrate this Mass. And a lot of times we can think of this as like, oh, that sounds really good, Father. Like that's a really nice idea and it's kind of out there. Love everybody to, with no limit. Great. But the first, the first reading that we have today, the last line says something to us very, very boldly. Very, it's a challenge, I think. The back end of the first reading talks about this kind of idea is not some kind of ethereal thing. It's not just kind of out there floating around abstract thought. It's not way above the, it's not, like they said, it's not way above the earth in the sky. It's not all the way across the sea, this kind of distant ideal that we're going to try and reach one day. No. The, the first reading talks about it and says, this is something that we know. The last line, it's something that we know, and it's something that we just need to do. So, if, we're, if we know this, if we're called to do it, if, we know what, if we're called to do it, we know what we're supposed to do, what's holding us back? Like, what's holding us back from going out today 
Because there's somebody in your life. There's somebody that's in your life that you're going to come across today or tomorrow that you know that you need to love better. I got a list. But there's someone that in your life, in your family, at your workplace, at your, wherever you're going to be in the next 24 hours, you know that you're coming across somebody that God is asking you to love better, to love more sacrificially, to love with less limit. God's just saying, go do it. You know how to. He's given us his body, blood, soul, and divinity here in the sacrament to strengthen us while he sends us out. All he's saying is, go do it. May the love we have for one another, may the love we have for that person compel us out. May the Eucharist we share in today strengthen us so that the love we have is not just a thought, but an action. And it's not limited but heroic.